Hello and welcome back. This is Pastor David Palmer of Lower Three Runs Baptist Church in Martin, South Carolina, and this is the It's God's Word podcast. Glad to have you with us today. We are going to be finishing out the book of James. Uh, We're going to wrap it up. We're going to be in chapter 5, verses 13 through 20, and we're going to bring this book of the Bible to a close. Um, As we look through these passages, uh, we're going to see some verses, a portion of Scripture that is commonly misused by false teachers, and we're going to look at the dangers of that, and we're going to take another brief look at at godly prayer that we looked at earlier in this book. So that's where we're headed today. So if you will turn with me to James chapter 5, we're going to look at verses 13 through 20. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone sick? Excuse me. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. He prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Brethren, If anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Amen. Wow. Let's get started here. Uh, as, as, As we dig into this portion of the scripture, we see prayer and praise for the sick and the cheerful. What a beautiful and simple message we see here. Yet people have managed to twist it into something unrecognizable by biblical standards. Uh, They have have twisted it into something uh, to to benefit themselves and, and that will lead people away from Christ, that will that, that places the emphasis on the false teacher and therefore away from Christ. Uh, the, the, what that's just it's inexcusable first and foremost. So let's let's look at this. Uh, particularly where people go awry is beginning verse 15. Well, 14 and 15. So let's just just read those. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. First and foremost, uh, we want to be careful here because this is not an absolute promise of healing every time somebody is, is prayed for. Though many false teachers have intentionally misused it as such, you know, the Benny Hens of the world are taking the focus off of Jesus. It's, 
and it's not just those who call themselves healers. It's the Joel Osteens and the Kenneth Copelands, um, and the list goes on and on, uh, uh, the Creflo Dollars, and, and the list goes on and on. Uh, those who promote the idea of health and wealth to those who have enough faith. And, and you know, I just want to point out also a couple of other misused verses that they will throw in there. Job 22, verse 28. You will also declare a thing, and it will be established for you. So will light, so will shine, so light will shine on your ways. Job twenty twenty eight. You will also declare a thing, and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. And Psalm thirty seven four. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. And and people have taken these verses, and they have just misconstrued them, and many people uh, purposely twisted them. Uh, to to benefit themselves, uh, we've already talked about prayer and the necessity of praying in God's will in a previous message. And the Lord is not some genie in a bottle here to grant our every wish, although some people would have you to believe that. So, hence the errors of these that that the faith healers and the Word of Faith movement. And we're going to look at some of those errors today. The first error. In those movements, and we're gonna we're gonna go into some detail on this, so just bear with me. The first error, though, we see in that movement is that God is obligated to obey our commands, because according to this teaching, whether it's the faith healers, the word of faith, they kind of go hand in hand. According to that teaching, we can tell God what to do, but in contrast, it's really God's will that determines the answers to our prayers. Romans chapter 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So God answers according to his will, not according to our dictates, our demands. The second error is it teaches that we are little gods ourselves. According to this teaching, we are equal with God and we have the power of creation. Uh, many of these teachers, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into details on quotes and teachings from them. That's easy to find if you'll just uh, do a little bit of research. That according to these teachers, we are equal with God in that we have the power of creation. We have, that we have the power to speak things into being, but that confers on us the power of God. And to believe any such thing is quite simply blasphemous. It's, it's, it's heretical. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, created he created him, male and female, he created them. God created man in his image, not as his equal. We are the creation. He is the creator. We can never be as great or as knowledgeable, or as powerful, or as perfect, or as holy as the Creator Himself. We are the creation, not the Creator. If we had this type of power, as implied in the Word of Faith movement, what 
need would we have of a Savior? Why would Christ have to die? Why would Christ have to be made lower than the angels when he became a man if man is equal to God? Hebrews 2 verse 9. But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for any, everyone. So why did Jesus have to give up his equality with God to become a man if we are already equal to God? Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Why? If we're equal to God. The third error is that it teaches that we have no need of God. We kind of touched on this in the second error. That, that we can solve our own problems. That's simply not true. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. The Bible teaches reliance on God, and that we are to cast our cares on Him. First Peter 5, 7. Casting all you care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. We cast our cares upon God, because he cares for us. Why would we do that if we could solve our own problems? We cannot speak our troubles away. We cannot speak our diseases away. We can't speak ourselves into prosperity. Speaking good things will not necessarily cause good things to happen. Contrary to what the Joel Osteens and the Kenneth Copelands of the world would have you to believe. You cannot declare something into being. I cannot, you know, regardless of, of people who claim to be faith healers, I can, I, we cannot declare somebody to be healed and have them be healed. Um, as for Job twenty two twenty eight, where we see, you will also declare a thing and it will be established for you, so light will shine on your ways. You have to understand that this is coming from Job's friends, okay, so-called friends who are there to, quote-unquote, comfort him in his troubles. And the counsel of Job's friend was just wrong, period. And God rebuked them for it. We see that at the end of the book of Job, where God specifically says that they have, he tells them that you have not spoken rightly of me as my servant Job has. So it was Job that had to make intercessory prayer for his friends, because they had spoken wrongly of God. And when they said to declare a thing and it will be established, they were wrong. That was part of their wrong counsel. We have to keep this in the proper light. Um, as for James 5 verse 15, we need to understand the correct context of this promise. Um, number one, we need to understand that this is primarily spiritual in nature, this healing. Look at what it says. And the prayer of the faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. 
he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Doesn't say healed. Uh, there is a reference to healing in the next verse. We'll look at that. But it, it says, The prayer of the faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So we see a spiritual healing in the form of forgiveness. Uh, now verse 16 says, Confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. Look, healing can happen. God does heal. But he doesn't always do so. He does it in accordance, accordance with his will and his purpose. Uh, prayer is a very powerful thing, but it must be in accordance with God's will. We, we request from him. We do not demand. The power and authority belong to God, not to us. Plain and simple. The gift of healing was given to specific people at a specific time for a specific purpose. Uh, uh, the Jews, they sought signs and God gave them signs. They were looking for signs, God gave them signs. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, Foolishness, well, verse 22, let me back up. For the Jews request a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. And we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block unto the Greeks, foolishness. The Jews were looking for a sign. God gave them a sign. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 12. Truly, the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Ah, the signs of an apostle. That's important. These, these, these works, these miracles, these, these signs, these wonders, these mighty deeds, signs of the apostles. Friends, you and I are not do not fit the biblical definition of an apostle. Uh, nobody alive today does. The signs belong to the apostles and were for their authentication. It no longer exists as a spiritual gift. It was gone by the latter part of Paul's life. Paul, who had the gift of healing, toward the end of his life, no longer had it. He was not able to either heal himself, he was not able to heal Timothy, he was not able to heal Trophimus, First uh, Timothy 5.23, here's Paul's counsel to Timothy. No longer drink any water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your frequent infirmities. He couldn't, couldn't heal him. It was done, so he offered other medical advice. Second Timothy 4.20, Erastus stayed in Corinth, but Trophimus I left in Miletus sick. He left Trophimus sick, couldn't heal him. It was over and done with. He didn't have that power anymore. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8 and 9. Concerning this thing, talking about the thorn in his own flesh, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me, and he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He couldn't take his own sickness away. He no longer had the gift of healing. And think about this. 
if a, if a healer fails to heal someone today, they claim that either the person cannot be healed or that the person did not have enough faith. But in every biblical instance of healing that we see, there are no instances in Scripture where a person could not be healed, even from the point of death. There was no such thing as unhealable. There was a 100% success rate with the true gift of healing that the apostles had as their sign, one of their signs of authentication among the Jews. And that's yet another proof that today's so-called healers are false, even though they may have some success, they don't have 100% success. And here's what Matthew 24, 24 says, For false Christ and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. And, and Satan is using these people to produce false signs and wonders, but he can never be the equivalent of God. And he cannot cause any man to be the equivalent of God. And therefore, there will not be total success. And therefore, anyone who claims to be a faith healer is simply a false prophet working on behalf of Satan. There is no nice way to say it. These people in the word of faith movement are spreading a false gospel, a heresy that leads people away from Christ and, and straight into hell. Uh, and lastly, consider this. Why does James have the sick call for the elders of the church and not one with the gift of healing? Why? Because it was no longer there. So while the gift of healing and other sign gifts no longer exist, God can and will heal. We do need to remember this. God can and will heal according to his will and his purpose. And there are many ways in which he may, we may, that he may accomplish that. But it's according to his will, according to his perfect. And sometimes the answer is going to be as it was with Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. That's it. Sometimes that's what his answer is going to be. We have illnesses that we sometimes have to live with. Verses 7, so look, the people have misused and, mis and just misrepresented this verse and, and it's, it's heretical. It's demonic. It doesn't fit with Scripture. It's, it's blasphemous. Because, as we've shown, it takes the focus away from Christ, puts it on the person. It's, it's truly false signs and wonders being uh, uh, at the hands of Satan, plain and simple. Verses 17 and 18 this is interesting. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Prayer is a powerful thing. We've already noted that, but it must be according to God's will. And special care here was made to note that Elijah was a normal man with a nature like ours, that we all have the ability to pray according to God's will, just as Elijah did. Look, if it were not in God's will to shut up the heavens and stop the rain for three and a half years, then Elijah could have prayed it all he wanted 
and it would not have happened. If it were not in God's will for God to send the rain back, Elijah could have prayed for rain all he wanted and it wouldn't have happened. Likewise, we pray, when we pray according to the will of God, mighty things will happen. But if we're not praying according to the will of God, nothing's going to happen. The wonders and miracles that are worked are of God. They are of His power and His authority. We have none of our own. This is so very important. Prayer is so very important, but it's got to be according to the will of God. We can't fall into the trap of thinking that we can declare a thing to God and He will do it, that we can dictate how God's work works, that we have the power to create Health and wealth simply by our words that will not happen. We request of God according to His will and it is done. We receive the desires of our heart only when our heart is conformed to God and our desires are His desires and then we will be desiring the same thing that, that He desires for us and we will receive those. But until you're in tune with God and, and, and in line with His will, that's not going to happen. We're not, he's not going to grant us selfish desires. Only the, only, only the ones that are according to His will. And if we're truly attuned to His will, what He desires for us will be our desire. And then we will receive the desires of our heart. I hope that makes sense to you. Verses 19 and 20. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Now this is the essence of our primary job as Christians. Our job is not to heal. Our job is not to create wealth. Our job is not to make people feel good about themselves. Our job is to turn people to the truth of Jesus Christ, that they may be saved. Christians in the church do not exist to do those other things, to heal illnesses and provide wealth. We exist to lead people to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. And if we're going to accomplish this, we must have a solid foundation of prayers. Prayer. We need to have a deliberate and intentional prayer ministry, which is which is rooted in God's own will, which is a foundational part of our church and not an afterthought. Because we don't exist to be God. We exist to bring people to God. And this whole endeavor has to be bathed in prayer. And it must be prayer that's according to God's will. And He will open those doors. And He will do mighty things. And He will provide. But according to His will, His purpose, and His power. Remember this, the gospel is a simple message. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You are not perfect, Jesus is. You are not God, Jesus is. Jesus sacrificed himself to pay for your sins that you cannot pay for yourself, so he took it upon himself, and he paid for those, and, and has forgiven those for all who come to him in faith. Resurrected from the dead on the third day, that guarantees our eternal life with Him. 
so that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the simple message of the gospel. That's the gospel we need to be spreading. And we need to do it bathed in godly prayer according to his will. We need to be out there pulling people away from these false teachers and these and these lies that they push that will only lead to heartbreak, disappointment, and if they follow these people, ultimately to hell. We exist to bring people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, Father. And, and I pray that, Lord, people in the sound of this voice will come to know you, that our hearts will be open to you and to your gospel, that we'll be pulled into your will, that we will be conformed to you, transformed, Lord, and continual, Lord, molding into your image, that we can be your light, we can be a beacon for you, we can be those that help to increase your kingdom, and that our will will be your will, that we will see with your eyes and love with your heart. And it is in the very precious and holy name of Jesus we pray. Amen.